Welcome to the Business is Good podcast. We are continuing in our series entitled Good Placeology. If you've been joining our conversations in this series, thank you. We are continuing our discussion regarding the foundational elements of Good Place and Good Place organizations. Uh, this is episode six. And Josh, we just have a few more because I think we anticipated just nine episodes in this series. So we're, we're almost there. So in this episode, we'll be con- discussing what, what I consider probably one of the top three concepts that organizational leaders are challenged by, especially when they engage in a biblical perspective and a biblical purpose of work in a discussion of good place organizations. And we call that, or it's been commonly known as the sacred secular myth. My name is Chris Young, and I'm very thankful to be leading the Good Place Institute. And as always, we have Josh Mitchell, my good friend and colleague, and our chief marketing officer at Good Place Holdings, making it all happen. Josh, thank you. So appreciate you and uh, love sitting uh, across the table from you discussing these matters. Yeah, we're back at the helm. This is exciting. Um, we've had some really good conversations about the foundation of Good Place, Good Place organizations, and the purpose of work. Uh, this, in particular, this topic uh, I'm excited about uh, regarding the perspective of the sacred, sacred and secular. Um, it seems to be one of those concepts that we're either very aware of and subscribe to um, or that it's in us and in, in our churches, for that matter, and the per, the perhaps that we don't even know that it's there, but certainly comes out in how we lead and operate our organizations. It also comes out in how we make life decisions, uh, everyday decisions. So I'm looking forward to this, uh, exploring. I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have to say, but in particular what the Bible has to say about this one. So true. So that's what we're going to talk about today in this episode, the sacred secular myth. So welcome again to the conversation. Please grab your coffee and a, hopefully a comfortable place to sit uh, or drive. And listen as we unpack the significant concept in this episode six conversation in the Good Placeology series, the sacred secular myth. Chris, let's first unpack the meaning of some of the terms and what we're even talking about when we believe what makes this such an important topic, especially for leaders of organizations that call themselves Christians. That sounds good. So, yeah, if we just Google the words, you know, sacred and secular or, or, or look them up in the dictionary or what do we do? Um, here's what comes out. That sacred is something that's dedicated or set apart for the service of worship of a deity worthy of religious reverence or admiration, etc. And secular is basically something that's not, you know, something that might be related to worldly or temporal, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's important that we... First, you know, get out what what even the definition of these words are. Uh, so we're actually talking about the same thing and not just theory. Um, but there's something that at the end of this title, and it's the word myth. So what is this myth you speak of and where do you think it came from or where did, where did it come from? Uh, great question. Good. So let, let's launch with, uh, you know, let's go all the way back to the 300s BC. Crazy place to start. Um if we took philosophy class in high school or college or whatever, uh, you'll recognize the name Aristotle. Uh, and in this case, in, in the context that we're talking, basically taught that that work was demeaning. You know, to work with your hands or work with pay um, was something not good. 
Um, then we fast forward a few hundred years and we get into another probably familiar name, Augustine, uh, in the three and four hundreds AD, who separated life into the active and the contemplative. And both the active and contemplative lives were good, but certainly in Augustine's mind and in the culture of the day, the contemplative life was of higher order. Fast forward, you know, a thousand years, we get into the Reformation era with Martin Luther, uh, who attempted to recapture the biblical view of work, where work is meaningful. Uh, It fulfills God's call on our lives. And it's something that people were designed to do, as well as restore the belief that work itself can be a spiritual and sacred act. And it's kind of where we get the Protestant work ethic, actually, from this, this time period. And then let's fast forward again a few hundred years uh, where we hear about philosophers in the Enlightenment period, uh, like Immanuel Kant, who once again separated the world into two categories, in this case, uh, in general, you know, fact and reason, or moral and spiritual. So what does that mean? Uh, It kind of means that, again, like you said earlier, Josh, kind of whether consciously or unconsciously, whether it's in the church or in our everyday lives, We seem to have this, I don't know, dichotomy going on where there's the immaterial world versus the material, and and maybe one's of higher order, or one's better than another, or in our case, one's more sacred than another. Uh, Some jobs versus another job uh, is more sacred than another. Some activities versus other activities, or you can pick out verses for this one, you know, one day versus another day. Um, and so what we find in, in leadership and in work and in uh, organizational life that sometimes, at least in, in my experience or maybe even in our experience, um, this comes into play where we don't even know it sometimes, you know, where we have this separation that, you know, maybe being a pastor is a whole lot more sacred than being an accountant or, 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 and we could go on and on and on. Or let's just say business is a whole lot more secular than a ministry. Or again, we could come up with much, a lot of examples. But at times, again, if you're, if you're calling yourself a Christian leader, well, you, you kind of want to do sacred stuff. So if we learn that there is this this dichotomy, this separation between sacred and secular, well, you could almost argue that we spend, you know, maybe 95% of our life doing secular stuff, you know, waking up and eating, eating breakfast and having coffee and going to work for however many hours or school or whatever, and then, you know, doing the everyday stuff of life. Well, that's all secular unless... This is kind of silly, but you'll get it. Uh, Unless we sprinkle some sacred sauce on top of it and we pray before a meeting or we try to figure out how to get that Bible study in Wednesday at lunch or, 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 or. And there's nothing wrong with those, you know, quote unquote, sacred activities. Um, But it really, again, kind of separates our life between, you know, it's been commonly called, you know, Sunday and then there's Monday through Saturday and then we come back to Sunday again. And it's just this weird instead of a totally integrated life. And this is actually what the Bible says. You know, in Genesis, God says, hey, or excuse the Bible says God created man and women in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them in his image. So we are a sacred act. We are sacred, so to speak, because we have God's image, all of us, whether you're a believer or not. 
In Ephesians, it says that there's one God and a Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. So right there, that already kind of says, no, everything, everything that was created has sacred sacredity to it. Is that a word? I don't know. I just made it up. In Acts, it says, in him, in God, we live and move and we have our being. And then I, I love this one. In John, um, Jesus says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. I actually ask you that you just keep them from the evil one. Because living in this world is what we are designed to do. You know, and we learned last time that, you know, God is in this placemaking business where he's putting good people in good places to to live and work, you know, the way he designed it, the way he intended it uh, for his glory and their flourishing. And so we get this sacred secular divide going on. But really, the Bible talks about everything being sex, excuse me, everything being sacred. There is nothing that's quote unquote secular. Everything has meaning to God. You know, anything done without faith is sin, Romans 14:23b says. So everything done with faith can be sacred. Everything. Work, play, rest, eating, everything, not just praying and singing and stuff like that. So here's what we like to share or like to say that God receives glory and in turn like we've been talking about The transaction is so very cool. Uh, God receives glory and we receive joy and shalom when we steward creation in a way that makes us better, makes us better in a way that reaches our full God-given potential in the activity and in the becoming more and more like the image we bear, which is the image of the creator of the universe, which is becoming more and more like Jesus, where we get to continue creation in us. We also steward creation in a way that makes those around us and the community better, where we have an opportunity to experience life the way God intends it. We have an opportunity to steward his creation in a way that makes the objects of our work better, cultivating, developing, innovating, co-creating. And ultimately, all of this has an opportunity to make the world a better place, bringing his kingdom and his ways of operating in that kingdom here on earth. Again, continuing creation in the world in a way that brings God glory and also brings us joy and shalom. So the net net of this, the sacred secular concept or topic, uh, we would say the Bible says it's a myth at best And it's an untruth at worst that the Bible describes everything, including our work, our organizational life. Uh, It's all sacred. So in the context of where we're at and what we've been talking about, a good place organization, um, especially around leadership of a good place organization or leadership in general, why is this topic so important to the conversation? I love that question, too. Thanks, Josh. Um, And just to make sure we're talking about the same thing, uh, when we talk about leaders, uh, we're specifically talking about in this in our in this topic, right, in this conversation or this episode, uh, we're specifically talking about those people who are organizational leaders uh, who, in this case, call themselves Christians or at least consider this faith at work thing important to them. Okay, or at the very least, um, 
you know, espouse three aims of a good place organization, you know, valuing people, building up good places in the community and becoming economically regenerative. So we're talking about leaders who have the authority and responsibility for the ends and the means of the organization. Well, what does that mean? It means the leader can direct the vision and the direction of the organization as well as the means or the how to actually get there and accomplish that. So why is this important for everyone, but especially for this type of leader? Well, when we believe this myth, this sacred secular myth, either consciously or unconsciously, uh, we lose sight of, or at least we diminish the all of life perspective of the good and very good that God created and intended. Um, The taking of the image of the creator of the universe that we all bear into all spheres of life and into every rhythm of life, which all of it, and, and yes, all of it, at least according to God's word, is sacred and has an opportunity to bring God glory and bring people flourishing and thriving and shalom in all areas of life, not just the spiritual, but also the social, the relational, the vocational, the financial, the physical, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those commonly um, held categories now, we call that well-being or holistic well-being. So we are, we're trying to develop everyone's holistic and full potential uh, and not just viewing it as something lesser than or not sacred or, our word, secular. So these leaders, these people that have the authority and responsibility over ends and means of organizations have the opportunity to not just view all of life as sacred, but also direct the design and development of an organization to achieve that, to provide an organizational environment and hopefully create a culture that gives more and more people an opportunity to experience that a place where people can develop and grow in their all-of-life image-bearing qualities. And I probably have quoted this gentleman before, but if you're a Pastor John Piper fan, um, he, he has this phrase that he says, that which brings God the most glory also brings people the most joy. It's a little bit of a takeoff of the, of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, the, you know, the chief end of people, right? But in our context... It brings people joy and development and flourishing in our work and in organizational and business life. I think this is just the tip of the spear in one of those conversations. Like all of our conversations, we could probably have a a long discussion around this. Um, And I'm actually curious, even to the people listening to this, what are your thoughts on that? Um, You can always reach us through email or through the website um, just to kind of share your thoughts on this. It would be really interesting to hear people's take on this sacred secular myth. Um, This is a quick shout out to my bride. Uh, One of the things I love about her uh, is how she can find good in everything, whether it be a movie, a song. um, She can always point it back to um, a sacred thing. Uh, And I love that about her. And my kids always joke about that, uh, that how she can turn something that's just a normal everyday thing uh, into a sacred thing. And so I appreciate that. And, And how Everything is created in his likeness. And I, I love that part as well. Um, Chris, I, I again, I appreciate your heart in all of this. Um, I know a lot of thought and, and time has gone into processing all this and sharing it with all of our, of our listeners. So I appreciate your time and I appreciate you so much. 
And thank you, Josh. And thank you uh, for those of you who had a chance to listen in. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, we do and hope you enjoyed your coffee. Uh, we hope you also enjoyed, you know, the conversation that we had. Um, we hope you, you got a better understanding of debunking this sacred secular myth uh, to be able to more accurately and appropriately apply this concept to everything, everything being sacred in our leadership and in our life. So, yeah, thanks, Josh, for facilitating the conversation, for queuing up some great questions. Um, love would love as, as Josh shared to receive some feedback and even gather some offline conversation about this uh, if you'd like to know more uh, as he said you can email us um, you can also take a, a look at our website it's goodplaceinstitute.com so I think I speak for Josh on this that we do we really enjoy spending this time with you and very much look forward to the next time we grab a coffee together uh, and talk more about good place and good placeology good place